So, listen, I've caught the hints. I get what you're saying. You want to ride the bull. Can't say I blame you, but I'm not sure you know what you're asking. Not sure if you're ready for it. Oh, I'm ready for it. See, you say that, but you really don't know what that means. <laughs> This is the dawning of the age of the dragons. Age of the dragons. All right, I know I said last episode I was just gonna let you run with the but this one's too bad. <laughs> this is the dawning of the age of the dragons. Well, it was either gonna be that, or I was just gonna start Fusro dying. <laughs> so, like, th- those were your options. the The seventies or Skyrim were the the options for your. Uh, dumb bit up at the top of this episode hi everybody uh, <laughs> welcome to um, i think you'd be into back. it the pod the podcast about your faves back at it again for 2021 the world hasn't ended yet <laughs> shockingly no uh i'm your host brandon beck <laughs> i'm your other host beth scorsato uh and joining us today is uh one of one of my favorite people on the internet one of the the funniest people i know uh they are the author and illustrator of the upcoming real hero shit and the illustrator of the also upcoming Tell No Tales, Pirates of the Southern Seas. Uh, welcome to the show, Kendra Wells. Hello. Hello. What if I just talked at that tone for the entire podcast? Just hello, everybody. Live your truth, man. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it might grow our audience. <laughs> just like absolute, like weird, purring, like jazz radio host, like, hello, everybody. How are we all doing? In fairness to purring on our Mad Men episode, I did make him include um, actual audio of the cat next to me purring, so. Aww. He's yeah, very he big. My- He's such a big boy. Yes, you are. I'm talking about you. Oh, show me that chum. Oh, he's perfect. He's big and perfect. Oh, I heard it. I got a purr. He's big and perfect. That uh, that, that little sculpture of, of Nikki that you got oh. is amazing i like lost my mind because it's something that like i had want like i follow some other artists that do similar sort of like pet sculptures but i was like oh like it was just never something i would buy for myself and my friend erica who i love so dearly one of my oldest friends from college um surprised me with this custom like ceramic sculpted like little like nikki my cat little one-eyed wonder well, the little evil, darling angel, ruler of my life, owner of my soul. And I'm just like, oh, good. Now his soul can live in here so he can be immortal. That's how this works. Mm-hmm. It's his horcrux. It will one day be a haunted doll. Yeah, that's fine. I'm like, I almost wish it was, it was like, there was like a little plug in the bottom. So if, you know, God forbid he uh, is mortal and he passes away, I could put his little ashes in it. But Aww. we'll Aww. see. I might just taxidermy him. Nice. That's that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of uh, taxidermying beloved pets, uh, before we get, I don't. That wasn't a segue at all. That wasn't a segue at all. <laughs> well, listen, you don't know what I'm going to talk about in this next segment. We don't. So maybe that's the thing you're into this week. <laughs> Actually, honestly, I might. I, I have a way to tie this in. So go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, before we get started, uh, with the, the topic at hand, uh, we're going to do a quick round of things we're into this week. Does anybody have one? Brandon, I do. I mean, Kendra says they're going to tie it in. So I think we should. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go, 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 Uh, go, 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 go. In the, in the last couple, this isn't strictly this week, but in the last couple of weeks, I have actually gotten really into the YouTube channel, Ask a Mortician. Oh, that's so good. Oh, Yeah. It's, it's been, as someone who is like very like phobically afraid of death, it's actually been really enlightening and, and like weirdly calming to hear a lot about, um, for those who are unfamiliar, um, I think uh, Caitlin Dowdy, I think is her, is her name. Yeah. Uh, she wrote the intro to one of our books at Iron Circus, You Died. 
the anthology of the afterlife. Oh, amazing. Uh, she's, nice. she, she seems like a total, a total darling. I almost said total angel, but that was a little too on the nose. Um, she's like a professional mortician. She, um, helps run a sort of like natural focused funeral home out in LA, I think. Yeah. Um, and she just kind of talks about her experiences. She talks about like cool historical deaths or like iconic corpses, like Lenin's corpse and, um, you know, like stuff like the, um, uh, what's the, what's the one, uh, Dyatlov's Pass. Uh, I hope I pronounced that anywhere close to correct. I've never heard anyone say it out loud. So you, you probably nailed it. The, the, yeah, blah, 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 you know, that one. Um, and yeah, well, that's the thing where it was either comets or aliens, right? Yeah. Or just like weird, like radioactive, like howling wind kind of, it's very interesting, but she, she talks about the stuff, but then she also, you know, the sort of like more exciting sensational things, but she also talks about like, uh, like the logistics of like making a death plan, like writing a will, um, like what are, what are your options? Like, what are your, what are precautions you can take if you are, uh, you know, a, a trans person or a fat person? She talks about like what happens to people who are, uh, who, who, who are fat, like can't uh, do, I have limited burial options, you know, like stuff like that. And it's, it's very interesting, um, to be coming at it from that angle because she, you know, her kind of, uh, like take on it is that like, we need to talk about this stuff and make it less scary. You know, mm -hmm. like it, this stuff is going to continue to be like very, like, obviously like death, it can be very traumatic and can be very alarming and scary. And, the way that you get around that is talking about it in really frank language and making it less of a, a thing. You know, she says like death isn't an emergency. It's something that happens and will happen to everybody. And what better way to deal with it than make a plan while you can. Yeah. We, I mean, and it's something that we don't really talk about as much as we should as a, especially in American society. Um, mm -hmm. I know when I was in middle school, my middle school did this unit when we were in the eighth grade, we had our, our death and dying unit, which were like, every time I've ever told somebody about this, they've been like, that's so wild. I've never heard of a school doing that, but my middle, and it was just my middle school too. I don't think the other one in town did it, but we had the death and dying unit. And it was, um, a couple weeks of in like certain classes talking about specific things about like different cultures uh like death practices what um like a wake is what a funeral is the guy who owned we had like one funeral home in town and like the guy who owned it would come in and like answer these middle schoolers questions about like death so that like should something happen like we we had we learned about the five stages of grieving and like all these different things surrounded with death and then we all took home these like packets of folders and we were told like put this under your mattress and you know one day when you <laughs> when when something happens like you'll have this information available to you you'll remember that like you had this foundation I swear to god when i moved out of my mom's house that that folder was still under my mattress it's like it's it's great too because it's like it's that's a perfect time to be talking to kids about this stuff because like you know i feel like a lot of like very young kids go through a real morbid phase yeah where they're just like oh, yeah. they learn what death is and they're obsessed with it um but like yeah because I, I i just remember you know i i have been fortunate enough in my life to not um, have a lot of death in my family to not be, um, to not have like a lot of tragic passings, you know, or like untimely passings. But I think about like, you know, like my, my grand, one of my, my paternal grandmother died in, uh, high school. Um, I was so detached from, it. I did, I didn't know how to process it. And I, I wish I had had a better frame of reference for this stuff. And I don't know that I would have changed the way that I, that, that I felt, but you know, there's, um, to, to, to kind of circle back of one episode of this Ask a Mortician that I would highly recommend, uh, uh people listen to or watch, uh, rather, um, is the death doula episode. It's uh, a woman, I forget her name, um, but she works as a death doula and which is essentially, she like comes, she, she can come to your home and really like guide you through the dying process. And it like brought me to tears because it was like, oh, it was wonderful. It was so caring and so sweet and so like I don't know it, it was just this beautiful experience and it completely changed the way that I feel about this stuff and uh, I don't know I highly recommend if you're you know if, if you are in a similar position where you are a mortal human being who fears death I would uh, give, it, give it a shot give a couple of them a shot some of them are a little bit gross uh <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like those are the ones I'm so into because I am a gross twelve year old boy at heart. Um, yeah, yeah, like all of the ones where it's like, did you know that like the first couple times people tried cremation, it super didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that's the shit I want to know about. I'm, I'm yeah, gross. That's fine. good stuff. <laughs> She was on an episode of uh, Penn Ward's Midnight Gospel, uh, which was really uh, fascinating, which if you weren't if you aren't familiar with it, it's uh, the Adventure Time Guys uh, new series that premiered earlier this year on Netflix, which was taken. The the audio of them was taken from Duncan Trussell's uh, podcast, The Duncan Trussell Family Hour, which is this very like open and frank conversation about like philosophy and life and death and all of these things um and they animated these various conversations that he had had with people over the over the years and like juxtaposed them by being in a sort of very like fantastical you know kind of sci-fi world and her episode uh she was on uh and was animated as the grim reaper (laughs) um but it was it, it covered a lot of what you were talking about in a very sort of like you know, you got the quick hits of what her deal is mm-hmm. uh, and sort of her philosophy in in 20 something minutes. And plus, like having having her as sort of, you know, the angel of death was uh, visually uh, v- felt very apt. Yeah, no, I, I, I have a lot of respect for her. And I think that she's just I think she's doing really incredible work. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I've been into. I told you I could tie it into pet taxidermy. Hell yeah. That well hell yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Um, I've got one. Okay. Uh, my thing is uh, is another YouTube channel, actually. Um, it's a YouTube channel called Weird History, uh, which Three weeks is in a row, YouTube videos mm, from you. <laughs> hey, it's quarantine. We got nothing else better to do. Right. And, and and for the record, I have not stopped watching YouTube videos about Tenet over the last uh, – since we recorded those two episodes. And I can't stop and I need help. Um, to the point where last night I, I wrote out, hmm, I guess the sequel to Tenet would be Twomped. <laughs> um, I hate you so much. Yeah, but uh, you also laughed at it, so I'm off the hook. Uh, to, to to quote Homer Simpson, <laughs> yeah, le- legally you can't. That doesn't hold up in a court of law. If you exactly. laugh, it's, it's a go. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I have other things in my divorce file. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Plus, you you can't you can't uh, put a husband and wife on trial for uh, bad jokes for the same crime. So for the yeah, same crime, the same, crime. Uh, the same joke that's crime. True. <laughs> Damn, world. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's the plot of entrapment. Uh, and in this case, I'm Selma Hayek. Um, so that's not what entrapment was about. So. Anyway, um, I was thinking of double indemnity. I don't know. I don't watch legal movies. Anyway, uh, Weird History on YouTube is a uh, YouTube channel that it's, it's exactly that. It goes into some of the like weirder questions you might have about like, what was it like to date? If you were a, you know, a duke in the 1700s or, you know, what what was it like to just like live as a common person in the 1500s or, you know, what's it like when you're the president after you've when you're out of office? Like, what is your day to day like? Like, it's a lot of a lot of just interesting stuff like that that is, I'm sure, covered more in depth you know, uh, elsewhere on the internet and books and things, but it's, it's a, it's a nice little, like, they're all about 10 to 15 minutes and they're just these nice little explainers of like, I think they actually might've done a Dyatlov Pass episode. Um, but they, they, they update pretty regularly and it's a really nice, uh, just little like quick bite it's a a, a, a quibby if you a quibby, will if you will a, a, a quibby if you will of, now there's a billion uh, dollar idea <laughs> yeah we uh we're gonna actually end the podcast now so we can go pitch that to some investors uh podcast over Don't you- they're, they're really good they they just did a series of on like rock and roll deaths so like they did one about like the buddy holly plane crash and the skinnerd plane crash and the uh, the Great White Fire in wherever that was, um, and it so it covers a lot of a lot of ground um, in a, in a very quick sort of accessible way. That's really good 
as like, okay, that that's interesting. I want to look more into this, you know, little like conversation quibbies. I was literally just about to say that it's like, it's this kind of thing is I love this kind of um, like bite-sized information dump because as someone who was really bad in school, like, and I cannot memorize things to save my life. I'm not a visual learner. I love having like little stories. I love like, uh, 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 I'm demonstrating how bad I was in school. What's like little bite-sized anecdotes. Quibbies. Quibbies. (laughs) Little quibbies. Yeah. (laughs) And what is history if not a series of quibbies? (laughs) You know, uh, in the future, everyone have that will have their fifteen quibbies. I don't know. <laughs> I tried. H- history is is quibbies are written by the victors, as we all know. <laughs> I think I think like that's patently untrue at this point. <laughs> Quibby, in a lot of ways, has been the gift that keeps on giving. It's For as much as it didn't work, stupid. it's really something else. Though, I mean, I, I did actually watch, uh, I watched a fair deal of Quibi. I watched about 50 Quibbies because they made about 50 Reno 911s on Quibi. Yeah, you just watched Reno 911, though. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I downloaded it for the free uh, the free trial, watched the new seven-minute Reno 911 episode every day for two weeks, and then deleted it. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, uh, we- weird history. They're, they're uh, a little... Uh, uh, aperitifs of uh, of history. Uh, so that's mine. Beth, what about you? We've been sitting here this whole time and I still haven't thought of anything. Uh, no, I guess I, the the only other thing... Oh, no, I do remember what I was going to say. They put new episodes... They switched out the episodes of Jeopardy on Netflix and I'm so excited. <laughs> that's... Ooh. It sounds so basic, but... Because there's like a million episodes of Jeopardy. They don't put them all on Netflix at once. Every few months right. they like swap them out. Um, and they've just swapped them out again. Um, so there's now a bunch of fresh Jeopardies I haven't watched yet, which is very exciting fresh, for you. hot Jeopardies. They're from season 33 and season 34, which our friend Andrew Lee was on season 33, but the episodes they put on Netflix start after his. So his is not on there right now. I just want to see Andrew's, but um, I don't know. They're just really trying to deprive him of his royalties. I really enjoy... <laughs> I really enjoy watching Jeopardy and I get very excited when they switch them out. I texted my best friend JJ. I was like, they switched the Jeopardy episodes. And then she texted me. She sent me like an Instagram video later of like one of them. And now she was watching them. We both get very excited <laughs> when the new, when they switch out the Jeopardy episodes and, and they did. So I'm very excited about that. That's what I'm into this week. <laughs> Hell yes. Uh, do they, do they, does that, is that the season that has the episode? I don't know. Where I don't know. They're it's... labeled by number. It, it, that's like if yeah. sometimes they're special collections like the like certain championship runs or something and that's what it was in the last group this one they're literally mm-hmm. listed as just like episode number seven eight three four okay like i have no information on what they are and i've only just started watching them so i don't know gotcha because there, there's there's one where it's uh it's ellen degeneres and einstein and jamie lee curtis uh, we're making I'm answering you seriously, and you're making a joke about Ellen's energy adventure. All of the questions oh are about all the questions well, are about energy. I should have known. And then uh, the game stops, and Ellen leaves with Bill Nye, and they go back to the Big Bang. You know uh, what? And she I makes actually some jokes. don't know what happens at the end of that one because I fell asleep on the ride. <laughs> Which makes sense. It's a, it was a 43 minute long ride, yeah, and I took a nap. And then the next year when you wanted to go on it, I didn't even bother going in. I laid down underneath the monorail track and took a nap outside. Yeah. And it and it and it whipped. I thought you were gonna say I laid down the monorail track and just fucking died. Right? <laughs> I let myself get hit by a monorail. That's that's what the guardrails are for. Uh no, I literally took a nap on the grass outside of Ellen's Energy Adventure in Epcot. Just like in the middle of the fucking lawn and no one stopped me. <laughs> Yeah, Ellen's Energy Adventure. If you're not if you're not familiar, was the uh, the Epcot Pavilion that replaced uh, the Universe of Energy. Um, that was a an adventure through time and and space about how great fossil fuels are, starring great. Bill Nye and Ellen DeGeneres. Here's my here's my question. Why? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the answer was it was 1995. <laughs> um, and it's it was clearly sponsored by Exxon. So Ooh. like. There's a part where they're where Bill Nye and Ellen are in a helicopter flying over a bunch of oil derricks, 
And Ellen goes, well, what about like wind power or, or solar power or, or hydroelectric? And Bill Nye goes, basically says, hey, slow your roll, Ellen. <laughs> Like, no, see, sure, that could work, but we'll, but we'll, not yet. I, here's my, th- maybe 1995 Bill Nye was a little uh, less into his, I, I, I want to believe Bill Nye would do better than accept Exxon money, but maybe I'm naive. I mean, it was, it was the nineties for real. He was on a TV show, so it might have been a contract thing that he had to do as a part of the show. It might not have been him mm. directly. Yeah. He, he's very much in the like science guy persona like he's got the coat and the bow tie like um, i would not be surprised if it was a part of his tv contract that they right. like that they licensed him as a character out and he had no choice <laughs> and, and like he was all over disney in the 90s like he did this he he was the host of cyberspace mountain he's the voiceover at the beginning of the dinosaur ride like it was you couldn't you couldn't throw a rock and not hit a bill nye ride not hit a bill nye ride bill ride. um but spe- so speaking of bill nye rides well actually uh, speaking of things that well i guess i was gonna go with that there's really cool dinosaurs in it but they're not dragons that's true that's why i like dinosaurs they're the closest we've ever gotten to real dragons Bill Nye doesn't know shit about dragons. Uh, I, I, I see wishes. your dragons and I raise he you. He wishes he knew about dragons. What about weird birds? I mean, I'm sure he does know some about weird birds. True. So Dragon Age. <laughs> Seamless. Absolutely. Seamless. Every time. Every time. Consummate professionals. You know, our, our, one, of my, one of my podcast goals for 2021 was to uh, make the segues both slower and more complicated so i think we're doing a lot of good work in that regard already in this year you're you're, you are you no one could deny that you're putting the work in exactly hell yes um so dragon age uh kendra what is the uh tldr of the dragon age well there are (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly uh, it's, it's a series of video games. Um, so I was um, confusing them with um, Skyrim when um, they were talking about them, but they're not Skyrim. I also do. I also do love Skyrim, but uh, but they're different. Dragon Age different studio, right? Completely different studio. Yeah. Um, Skyrim is all Bethesda, I think. I, Beth- Bethesda is like that sounds right. Skyrim is real glitchy, so that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Bioware does Dragon Age, which explains why it's like horny and also somehow falling apart. Um, <laughs> Just like me, <laughs> aren't we all? Um, well, so I don't know. Should I? Should I? Should I? Here's my thing. I am not a scholar of Dragon Age. I am merely a passionate idiot for That's it. That's fine. Um, Amazing. We might as well call this show "Passionate Idiots." <laughs> um, I think you'd be idiot. This is a show by passionate idiots for passionate idiots. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we, we should rebrand it to I think you'd be idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dragon Age, uh, this kind of ties into it. Um, less less about the actual history of Dragon Age itself and more of my history with Dragon Age was yes. I um, bought a PS4 pretty late. This was like 2017, I want to say. Um, and... Dragon Age Inquisition, which is actually the third game in the series, was the was recommended to me. And they're like, don't worry, you don't really need to play the rest of them. You can just like jump into this one and see how you like it. And I was like, okay, seems fine. Um, and I, you know, I gave it a shot and I tried to play it. I was like, I don't know, I don't really get it. So I put it down for a little bit. And then what really happened was I got very depressed. And the best thing to do when you're very depressed is to play like 72 hours of a video game in mm-hmm. a couple of days. Hell yeah. Um, which is what I did. I played it for like a week straight and just absolutely like dove straight into it. And the whole, so the the general idea of the game is it's a, you're kind of your typical medieval fantasy thing. There are elves, there are dwarves, no orcs, but there are Cunari, um, which are these giant gray, sometimes horned, horned um, Mm -hmm. race of people uh, who are sort of this, religious sort of cult it's like you don't have to be a cunari to follow the cune the cune is like the religious order where you're kind of like assigned a job and you follow that job and they're like 
they've played with them being like kind of warlike, but also there's like deeper stuff going on and they're also like treated very badly by the rest of the people in the, in the world. So, you know, it's one of those things. And, you know, mythological racism. Yes, exactly. Um, And there's a whole conflict between the mages and the Templars. Mages, obviously what you, what, you know, the names right on the tin, (laughs) they're people who use magic. um, But um, mages are kind of uh, shitted on by people because they fear them. They're like, you can just like manipulate the, re- the fabric of reality and that's scary. And also there are blood mages who learn how to manipulate life force and shit. Okay. So people are kind of scared of them for a decently good reason. But then there are the Templars, which are basically cops for God. They're like, they take, <laughs> this, they, 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 like, take a potion <laughs> that gives them powers and then they use those powers to make it so mages can't use magic. So they're they're like the enforcers of this like sort of anti-mage um, thing. And I'm sure someone's going to yell at me for getting this wrong, but this is just my understanding of it. If, they, if somebody really wants to yell at, at this being wrong, y'all can come yell at me at the Intuit Pod Twitter, and I'm going to tell you, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> so yeah. my dick. And if anyone and if anyone was gonna, it would probably be Frankie Griffin, and I don't think he will. <laughs> um, but so it's this. Uh, all told, it's basically a story. It's it's a very interesting story to me because it was one of the first times I you know I played uh, Elder Scrolls series, you know Skyrim. Uh, Morrowind was actually like one of the first video games I ever played. Um, certainly the first sort of like open world RPG that I'd ever played, and I love Morrowind, love Skyrim, like love that whole series. But Dragon Age to me felt more unique and it came to me at a really good time. Like kind of, it was one of those, like when I really needed it, it, it appeared to me. Um, sure. Because it's this medieval fantasy story, but it's also, there's a lot of like sort of court intrigue. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of like, uh, like discussions of, you know, class and racism and, and the, and, uh, and in all of the, there are three Dragon Age games, um, and in all of them, you can romance your fellow, your like the other kind of NPCs that go with you on your journeys. So there's also this added layer of these sort of like romance and and sex and uh, like drama and like it always ends up being like a bunch of like people who just don't have their lives together going on these adventures and trying to solve these problems and trying to like you know, save the world sort of, but also just like deal with like the politics of, of, of being alive in a, in hashtag a society and like, allegedly, allegedly. And I don't know, it just, it really struck me. And I was like, it was the first, when I was playing Inquisition that first time, I, it was like this weird, like aha moment where I was like, you can just make stories like this. You can just make, cause like, so again, some background on me, I'm a, a comics artist and creator and an illustrator. But at that time I hadn't professionally done a whole lot of comics. Um, I'd done like some political cartooning for the nib and stuff. And I'd done some like kind of one-off projects for like anthologies and stuff like that. But I, it was the first time where I was like really inspired. And I was like, wait, you can just make stories that are like cool epic adventures but also dumb and horny and have a bunch of idiot characters just fumbling their way through this shit like that's what i want to make i want to make a story like that um and so it ended up inspiring real hero shit which is my upcoming debut solo graphic novel that's coming out in 2022 um through iron circuit comics and it was just it was so it, it, it blew my mind. I was like, I didn't know that stories could be like, because I, I don't know, I assumed that like, if your story has like, kind of like fun, frivolous sort of romances in it that like takes away from the seriousness of it, or like, it like, it, it, like degrades it in some way or makes it less like, I don't know, like, like real, you know, like I, I, I had it in my head that I had to create these like really serious epics. And it was the first time I was like, I can just do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. I can just do that. That's such a liberating moment to have for for any artist. And I and I, I think I think all of us have that moment at some point with with something else. And it, it always winds up feeling just incredibly powerful. And it seems like it came from it came from a place you weren't necessarily looking for. Yeah. Yeah. It it was so unforced, I think is really what kind of made it possible like I was 
and like it helped that I was like, you know, I was very depressed at the time and I was in a sort of a bad place emotionally and I could just sort of fully throw myself into this world. Um, the, the also the the sort of sidebar story to this is it also made me realize I was non-binary. <laughs> Dragon Age has done a lot for me. Nice. <laughs> it was this crazy moment. Like I've, I've talked about this on my Twitter, but um, it, like around the same time that I was like starting to get really inspired by this and playing this, I had been playing the whole game. I was like, you know, normally I like make some dumb character be like, you know, the, my player character or whatever. I was like, this time I'm going to make this character look like me. I'm going to make choices for me. And like that also probably was a non-zero uh, percent uh, reason why I was so invested in it. Um, but I was doing it and, you know, there are only two gender options, which, you know, whatever. But I had chosen female. Um, I was allegedly assigned female at birth. And I was like, I couldn't figure out why it was like getting on my nerves. Like I was like, why is it so like, I was like feeling like very disturbed like when I was playing. Cause I was just like, this is a character that looks like me and everyone's referring to her as a she. And why don't I like that? Why is this freaking me out? And I had this whole revelation. Where I was like, Oh Jesus. Oh fuck. I don't think I'm a girl. <laughs> well, and that, I, mean, I mean, the rest that's is great. great. But in a way, though, it's like nice to be able to find media that helps have that conversation and facilitate that conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where like, I don't know if I've ever had like, a big aha moment about my gender, but I've always felt like, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I wasn't I was never really a tomboy, but I didn't feel like a girl girl, you know, like, and I just but I never addressed it. I just assumed that it was something that I could just ignore and it would just go away. And this was like this weird, I don't even remember what the actual first moment was where I realized that, but I was just like, oh shit. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's fine. I love, it's great. I love it. This is going to be a whole thing now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme. Uh, well, not really a meme, but I saw a thing going around on Instagram the other day that was just like, I'm I'm loving how so many people in quarantine, uh, like just being able to like sit with themselves and and like not go out in the world have realized that like they weren't actually a gender. They were just performing gender. <laughs> it's funny how that works when you uh, stop being perceived so much and you really start thinking about those things. Yeah. So it's like it's been a weird it's been a weird year for everybody. And it, it must have been nice to have to to get that moment from like or get that feeling from something that didn't feel like it was trying to like shove it down your throat. You know, that was that wasn't like a capital G gender story. Right. And, it, and that's know. what was so funny was that like there weren't even gender options of like there weren't even like non-binary gender options available to me. It was the act of choosing a gender that made me realize I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, too, because there's there's like a canonical trans man in the game, Krem, who I love. Let me romance Krem. Um, and he they have they have like a very clunky scene in Inquisition, which I I forgive because like, you know, if if there are if there are any Bioware writers uh, listening to this podcast, I apologize. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it feels like the dialogue options that you get to choose when you're talking about this guy are very like it's very like but you're a woman doesn't that bother you and it's like that kind of thing but i'm like it's kind of clever because the responses are all very measured and very like reasonable and i'm like oh this is for gamers who are like transphobic who are gonna pick all of these like incredulous choices and be like fuck you you're a lady or whatever uh and then they're going to get back like, no, fuck you, you're wrong <laughs> in the game. And it's like going to be yeah. absolutely knocked out of their hands. Um, so I, I, I appreciate that. It was, I don't know, it's a nice touch. Another thing you said about like how it kind of showed you the kind of stories you can write. It's, it's actually interesting. Brandon and I were talking the other night about like how he's not into high fantasy so much. And we just kind of started talking about, like, our fantasy backgrounds. And, like, I think that you're right that so many fantasy stories are 
so self-serious and and they're mm-hmm. presented in yeah. such that high fantasy is often presented in this like you must write fantasy to be very serious and have all these lineages and be about kings and very lord of the rings and like right i think the just the mere action of having a fantasy world that you the character get to basically fuck around and fuck up uh in yeah like, really kind of breaks that that barrier in a really cool way. Yeah, that was a, a huge thing for me because I realized that like the fantasy, the way that fantasy is presented in media is it's either like full on like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, very, very serious, very dour, like great adventures, beautiful stories, but like so up its own ass a little bit, like mm-hmm. all respect to Lord of the Rings, obviously, like I, I, I genuinely love it. But, and then on the other side, there's, like, what was that movie? Like, Your Highness? But, like, Seth Rogen's owner comedy? Oh, yeah. Or, like, Crod Mandoon? Yeah, it's, like, there's, it's either, like, the most, like, self-serious, like, we wrote an encyclopedia on all of the languages so you can understand what's going on in the book, or, like, yeah, bro, like, the stuff. And I was, like, I need a middle ground. Yeah. You either get the Cimmerillion or, like, a a joke book of farts exactly and i was like i want i want to like that's not what i want to read that's not what i want to create i need to find some like i was um i was also really inspired this is more about my own book but um the the manga series uh, delicious in dungeon Mm -hmm. is a really good example of this where it's a it's a fantasy book about a group of adventurers who uh, learn how to cook and eat the monsters in the dungeon that they're exploring. Okay. And it's absolutely my fucking dream because it's about food and it's about high fantasy. And it's also the part, the, the, like the characters in this book and the, the party that you follow along with, they're not like best friends, you know, they're like picking on each other and like they respect each other, but they also have their own shit going on and they have to kind of earn each other's trust and figure each other out. And, like, that's the kind of story I want. And that's what I felt with Dragon Age, too, where it's like, like, all of these characters are various levels of absolute fuck ups, where they have their own drama going on, or they have, you know, their own, like, fatal flaws. And I loved that. I loved the the character drama of it. Yeah, I put probably 12 hours into uh, Inquisition, having never really played a a Dragon Age but had a PS4 and there weren't that many games at the time Um, and I was basically expecting it to just be another Skyrim and like I feel like I I really want to give it another shot now uh, between this conversation and a you know uh, conversation we've an ongoing conversation about the uh, Dragon Age role-playing game that we've been having with some uh, other friends of the show, like, it's really made this world seem so much more interesting, like, detached from the games. Yeah. I mostly remember most of what you did was similar to when you were playing Skyrim. You just spent a lot of time trying to go over mountains that it didn't want you to go over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He just spent a lot of time trying to see how high he could climb on a mountain before it wouldn't let him anymore. Yeah. And just getting, like, flummoxed by a, you know, a small slope. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the way that Dragon, especially if you've played like Breath of the Wild or something where there's like, if you have enough stamina, you can literally climb over anything. It's a little yeah. bit of a jarring uh, uh, change. But yeah, I would definitely give it another shot. I also like, so since playing Inquisition, I've gone back and played the prior two games or I've played the second one, Dragon Age. Okay, so <laughs> the, the, the Dragon Age games in order are Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2, and Dragon Age Inquisition. And allegedly, the new one is just called Dragon Age, which I fucking hate. Um, but Allegedly. Allegedly. The, this. <laughs> so I've played, I played through the second one. I didn't love it. I, I It came to me very highly recommended for my friends um, who were very into the romance options of the game, Fenris. Um, there, are, there are more than one romance option, but really there's one romance option and it is Fenris. <laughs> um, and I need to give it another shot because I played it right after playing Inquisition and I wasn't aware of this. I have been, I have joined <laughs> very recently. I have joined the Dragon Age subreddit um, and I have been uh, posting on it. Making choices. I know. Terrible. 
listen, it's it's been a weird year. Um, I have. I, I still have use Reddit. Reading. Honestly, I'm I'm not one of the people. I mean, I've I just also just you know always here's the stayed thing. off of the shitty parts. Like I don't know. I just don't join subreddits with shitty people and like. Right. Like, I was like, I want to talk to these other fucking Dragon Age people. And that's what I care about. So I I joined and I was talking to people about it. And I didn't realize that the second Dragon Age game was made in like a year. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, that explains because after especially going backwards, playing Inquisition first and then playing Dragon Age 2, I was like really shocked and disappointed in the gameplay because it was like maps were just constantly being reused it was very repetitive it was very clunky the the um the combat systems are completely different in the first two games than in inquisition um and it was just like i was i felt like it was such a slog and i couldn't deal with it but the story itself was really good and the character stuff was really interesting and so knowing that it was made in a fucking year which is criminal um i would love to replay it and then try again with it with a little bit more of an open mind. Um, and then I've just started uh, in the last couple of weeks playing the first game, Dragon Age Origins, and I love it. It's to- it's so good. Um, I highly recommend it if you have a PS3 or a functional gaming PC um, because it is very they clearly put so much into this game. It's like really interesting. The companions are cool. Um, the game, it's like, it's a 11 year old game. So it's pretty clunky, but it's very, very cool. Very vast, very interesting. Lots of like really punishing dungeons and like cool story stuff. So I haven't, fi- I haven't quite finished that game yet. Um, but I'm excited to finish my run of that, then play Dragon Age 2 again, and then play Dragon Age Inquisition again for like the 18th time. That kind of seems like the big the big difference between, say, a Skyrim and Dragon Age is that, like, Skyrim has made this just massive world, but the characters are all kind of tropey. The, going from the Skyrim face models and voice acting to the Dragon Age face models and voice acting is like night and day. Yeah, Everyone in Skyrim looks filthy they look dirty they look fucked up and they they all talk like what are you doing what's going on there <laughs> like it's like they have five voice actors and none of them know exactly what they're reading they're like all reading their lines for the first time on like you know on recording i'm pretty sure a couple fallout lines accidentally got in there too <laughs> a nuclear bomb like why why is this dragon talking to me about caps <laughs> Yeah, it's it's similar. And I got really into Skyrim this last year, too. And it's just it they, they really scratch different itches. Oh, totally. And I, I think I think a lot of people like myself included uh, kind of weren't aware of that. And like the bits of uh, Inquisition that I played that I did enjoy. And I think, I think partly it had to do with the way I played big games like that. And I just kind of got caught up running errands in the first, uh, zone, Mm -hmm. um, and didn't progress too far. But like the moments of that game I remember the most are the ones where I was just like running around a field and like my four friends, you know, the giant bull guy, the Dr. Strange looking guy, the dwarf and then whoever my fourth pal was. The fourth pal is yourself. You only get three. Oh minutes. right, yeah, it is. It, it, you are the fourth pal. Uh, you're, the fo- you're the fourth. You're the fourth of four teens. Yeah. Um, and those moments are like the only things I remember of just like running around and then the bull and the you know fucky Doctor Strange guy started talking and it's suddenly just like oh this is this is wild and hilarious and great. The writing is really good, especially for those two. Those two characters are fan favorites and also favorites of mine. And also, no spoilers, but if you keep them in your party long enough, they will start flirting with each other. Oh, spoil everything you want. I want to know all the, you know, uh, <laughs> well, for, uh, pun fully intended horny I details. mean, we already got one of the questions about uh, one of the question responses was a fuck, Mary kill question. So, like, it's fine. Yeah, the 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 question from a former guest of the show, uh, Frankie Griffin, uh, Mary fuck kill Sarah Morrigan, Taryn Loghain, Tyrin Loghain, however you pronounce it. Tyrin Loghain. 
Uh, Taron Loghain is uh, sort of the big bad of the first game, so I don't know how things turn out for him, but I would, out of those three, obviously kill him, because he sucks. He's also probably not romanceable. He's not romanceable. Um, quite the opposite. Um, I mean... I don't love, I'm not a, I'm not a Sarah person. I'm sorry to people who are listening to this podcast who are Sarah people. I don't love Sarah. I would, she, they, I know that I just said the writing is really good, but they really did her dirty on the writing. She's just kind of hard to deal with. Um, but Morrigan is evil, kind of. She's it's my favorite kind, sort of, evil kind of. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, she, and she talks like this, and everything she says is kind of like this. And she always sounds like she's a stage magician who's telling you a story. Into it. Um, so I would probably fuck her. <laughs> like every sentence she says could end with, but the magic was in you all along. Yeah, except it, she's really mean, so it would be like, the magic was everywhere except you, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, that just sounds like your inner monologue. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I don't think she's really marriage material, uh, but honestly, neither is Sarah. But that feels that feels right. I think I would kill Taryn Loghain, um, fuck Morgan, and marry Sarah. There you go. Asked and answered. Sarah is like a super chaotic, wacky, like Antifa super soldier. So she's she's fine. She's uh, the other she's the other question from Frankie was about a, a song in it, which I didn't realize that this was a very like music heavy franchise. Oh, the soundtrack is amazing. I don't think I'm gonna know like individual songs. Oh, titles. it doesn't matter because it wasn't a real question. It said, "Is the best song Enchanter, or is there a wrong answer?" <laughs> I will say the like opening credits music, like the just like the the like press start screen music of Inquisition, like brings me to tears like quarterly. Like it's so good, it goes so fucking hard. The soundtrack is incredible. It's like it's like a full on like uh, what's that guy? Um, Bear. Oh, Bear McCreary. Bear McCreary. It's like a full on Bear McCreary soundtrack. He didn't actually do it, but I was like Bear Grills. <laughs> I know that's what I was like. I was like, I don't think that's what what they're going for but that's the only thing i can think of yeah they just got a bunch of bears into a studio and let them loose on some instruments honestly it it goes off whatever they did they did it well i remember that moment uh when the original when the uh remake of battlestar was uh airing and they it, they dropped that episode that has his cover of all along the Watchtower, and it's just like the most propulsive thing i've ever heard <laughs> he I, i've been meaning to watch black sails um, which he also does the, the music for, at least for the first Ooh. two seasons, I think. Pirate shit. Um, pirate shit. Yeah, it's pirate shit. I'm like, I, 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 fuck, I did a whole book about Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, and I didn't watch Black Sails, which is, that's on me. All about pirate shit. Oh, that, yeah. That, that's fair. Sorry, I was taking pictures of this boy's tongue. Oh. <laughs> I hope you ask Brandon's permission first. No. Oh, uh, we, we have an understanding. <laughs> we have an understanding. Look, this, this, this very big boy, he comes and he gives the tum report every morning. First thing, I get up and I go to the bathroom and then he comes into the hallway and he lies down and he gives me the tum report. And he shows me that big tum and then I give him some belly ropes. It's very good. Obviously, I'm talking about Gil, not Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Though I do, I do give you the tum report every he day, He does too. also give me the tum report, but it's, it's, it's different. <laughs> It's it's mm-hmm. it's less like precious and a little more like okay, bud. Yeah, okay, buddy. Like why 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 are you lying on the floor, thirty uh, three year old <laughs> yeah. man? What you doing? What you doing down there? Oh, how you doing there, husband? Big boy, <laughs> he's so good. He's a very good podcast. Um, but so there's also uh, the Dragon Age tabletop game. Yes. Um, have you ever uh, dug too deeply into that? Because th- that that is a whole a whole different sort Cattle of world. Fish. Yeah, I yeah. I have very badly wanted to play it, but as someone who also very badly wants to play Five E, uh, sure, it never happens. So <laughs> you know, it's the the where, what's that that post that's like the real big bad of playing Dungeons and Dragons as an adult is figuring out everyone else's schedules. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It, it's 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 like it's on my radar, but it's one of those things where I'm like, if I'm gonna be playing a game, I don't necessarily want to 
invest a bunch of time in learning a new system because there's so precious little time to play tabletop. And I, if I get the chance, I'll just play D and D. Yeah, but and like are, a, the first session will always be like four hours of just rules. Yeah. Which, you know, to be fair, 5e is not exactly good with that either. Um, no. But we are allegedly going to be playing with some of our some of our friends at some point, which will be very yeah. fun. I'm going to be playing some brick shithouse Avar Paladin. And I'm basically fantasy Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was exactly my thought when I came up with this character. Yeah, he tells I mean, me all about all the characters he creates, and I'm always just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Between him and the uh, murder parrot I'm playing in my other D&D campaign. Yeah, that's you know, you have, I feel like you have a type. I don't know what that type is. Oh, he certainly does. I, t- I tend to wind up playing, like, chaotic good old weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, uh, uh, that's the energy that's the vibe yeah and that's like the best possible in game for me too chaotic like once my looks go out the window all i'm gonna have is is being a weird old eccentric i'm start i'm starting early well <laughs> speaking of uh chaotic weirdos before we uh before we wrap up we we do have a couple more uh questions from the audience and we have questions about favorite character and favorite one of the games okay well, my favorite character, so there are so many little characters. Um, my favorite, what about my favorite romance partner? Okay. Hell yeah. Or um, couple favorites. I have, a, this is, this is, is such a, it's such a, it's a complicated question. <laughs> Give us thing. a complicated answer. Here's the thing. My romance choice of Inquisition, which is a controversial choice, is Colin Rutherford who is, if you are unfamiliar, he is like a state fair butter sculpture of a human being. <laughs> He's like, just like blonde, like so basic, like just like this beautiful honey bun of a man, like just glistening and golden. And he wears this giant fur like coat thing. And he has this like complicated history. He's he's actually in the the prior two games, but this is the first one where he's like a fully fledged character and he's actually romanceable. Um, and it's controversial because there are better romance options in the game, and I know this. Also, his voice actor is a transphobic piece of shit. But Oof. I digress. Yeah. Um, he has it. As far as I'm concerned, I will go on the record and I'll say, as far as I'm concerned, I don't even know this guy's fucking name. It's on site for him. Because he will not ruin this romance character for me. Because I love him. And he's an angel. And he's a sweetheart. And he has a great romance line. And his voice actor just sounds like every British man who's literally ever existed. And he's so easily replaceable. And fuck him. (laughs) Fuck his whole deal. I will go on record and I will say he has nothing to do with the character that I love. He didn't add anything to him. Colin Rutherford is mine. Excellent. (laughs) You heard it here first, first, folks. Um, that being said, uh, I don't know if he's my favorite character. He's just like his romance line in Inquisition is like very sweetly written. And it's just like, it's so just like, it's, it's very basic. I'm not like, I'm not going to dispute anybody who comes at me for being basic, but like, sometimes you need a sweet and basic romance, you know, like it's just very touching and he's very kind. And like, like, listen, when I was playing through that game for the first time, I needed that. Um, I, uh, runner up in Inquisition is Dorian, who is the, uh, the, the, the gay Dr. Strange, uh, fellow, uh. who's a be- beautiful, mustache, the most, uh, where, whereas whatever the fuck Cullen's voice actor's name is, he's completely replaceable and utterly forgettable. <laughs> Dorian's voice actor, whose name I also do not know, has, is like butter on suede. It's like the sultriest like sexiest voice and he just has these beautiful like the way he reads his line he's just chewing up the fucking scenery i love it um, and he's also a wonderful a beautifully written character um very very sweet and very wonderful um nice i guess uh, sorry i'm going i'm going off so much about these. <laughs> this is great this is what it's we're here for i'm like and third of all <laughs> 
here. This is what we're here for. This is a show entirely about going off. Yeah. Um, well, third of all, and again, like if you haven't played Inquisition, spoil, like I, I, I'm not going to do anything like deeply spoilery, but just like general spoiler warning. And also the game came out like six years ago. So just hurry up and play it. Um, yeah. One of my favorite characters is actually one of the characters I hate the most, which is Solace. Solus? Solas? Solas? Solaris. It, it, it was a remake of a of a Russian movie. <laughs> Soul ass. Uh, he is a, a, a character who you meet very early on in the game, and you have this sort of like weird relationship with him throughout the game. Um, and I hate him, but I hate him because he's an expertly written villain. And like he's not a he's not like a villain villain, but like I, it's it's one of those like deliciously written characters who you just love to hate. And he's like a real piece of shit. Uh, and if you do play Inquisition, if anybody who's listening to this hasn't played it, play Inquisition. And then immediately, as soon as you beat the game, get the Trespasser DLC and play that through. Because that is, to me, the true ending of the game. It really, like, it's an incredible DLC. It's a, it's a it's It really should have been part of the base game. Um, and you get more of what Solus's whole deal is and it is phenomenal it's so beautifully done it's absolutely devastating um but i really enjoy like i love a good villain i love a character like the, the blackwall in the game who gives a shit like i hate him but like who gives a shit uh like sorry to again to all the blackwall lovers like no no shade on you i just can't stand him he like the it, one of the first i was like one time i was like okay let me get to know this guy I sure I don't like him. He's a bit of a sad sack, but like maybe I just need to get to know him more. And so I talked to him and he's like, Hey, you want to get a drink? And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, let's get a drink, bud. And like, what's up? And literally it, it, it like smash cuts to you sitting silently at a bar with him. And there's just this extended silence. And then he tells you a story about how once he saw someone kill a dog. Damn dude. And I'm like, buddy, come on. <laughs> give me anything <laughs> give me anything to work with this sucks um oh, but like i i don't like blackwall but that's just because he, like he's just not for me but solas like i hate him as a character but i love him as like a writer he was the the bald pointier guy right yes. okay yes. that's the only one i remember of watching brandon play <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's a real piece of shit he's he's also like he's like a, a noted racist in the game like he <laughs> makes a bunch of really snide comments to your to the iron bull the kunari companion who was like well you seem very well read for someone like you and it's like ugh, ugh, ugh. noted Ooh. racist there's a lot of like casual fantasy racism in the, yeah. in, uh, in this game from what i remember but if we didn't have racism it wouldn't feel real fuck you Ugh. Yeah, it's I like I like the added like the flavor, not the flavor of racism, but like I like the the, the tension because like it feels real, you know, like it, it makes sense. Oh, totally. Um, but yeah, some of the characters are just that's something that I don't love about Colin Rutherford, my love, is that for some fucking reason, he's the only character aside from Solus, the racist elf, uh, who is uh, uh, not only gender gated in your romance, but also race gated. Like you can only romance him if you are an elf or a human. And I'm like, that feels very limiting, sir. Get it together. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense as a choice. Like it's not like he is like, well, you know, I couldn't possibly ever fuck a dwarf. Like it's, <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. Like it's it's like let him let him fuck whoever he wants. Also make him bisexual, you cowards. Like you could you could make you could make that into an interesting story beat, but also like, come on, that's not why we're here. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense that like all of like I understand like I guess I understand this sort of like forced heterosexuality with some of these characters, like what it's a little more realistic, whatever. Like it's fine, uh, but like in this, I will note in the second game, every single romanceable character is bisexual, and that's the way that it should good. be. Good. Um, yeah, but. Like I like I I will I will I will I could let the the compulsory heterosexuality slide, but I draw the line at Cullen being a racist. I don't believe it. It doesn't make sense for his character. Like if you can romance him as a mage, you should be able to romance him as a fucking Cunari, and I should be able to rail him into the fucking future. There you go. <laughs> well, though speaking of railing into the fucking future. <laughs> Um, have you, Bioware's other sort of big similar series is Mass Effect. Have you ever really, uh, 
dug too deeply into uh, Mass Effect? I haven't played it. Um, it's one of those things where I missed out on playing the early versions of the game when they were like happening. And then I've just kind of not, I don't have like, I don't have a PS3 and like a lot of these games aren't backwards compatible, which is very frustrating. Um, and I don't, I, I only recently started even playing like, uh, origins because I was able to borrow my partner's, uh, gaming PC. Um, so I'm a little bit limited and also they just announced that big remaster. So I, I think I'm going to use some of these PlayStation gift cards I got for Christmas and just buy the remaster when it comes out and play them all the way through. Yeah. Cause I heard good things. I heard good things. You get to romance a big bug. Yeah. Right. It seems like it's basically like if, if you just want to romance people in space instead of <laughs> uh, in some fields. It's like, it's, you know, it's different. It's a different flavor. It's a different flavor of a horny fucked up adventure <laughs> in space. Well, Kendra Wells, thank you for uh, joining us on this horny fucked up adventure. Thank you so much for having me and putting up with me. Just absolutely. We're never putting up with anyone on this show. Blanket state. <laughs> oh, yeah. We always are so excited to have people come and just talk about the thing they like. That's the whole point. Often the guests are putting up with us. Yeah. I, I, have, I have worked myself into such a fervor that I'm like fully sweating now. Uh, Hell well, yeah. Well, that's what the Dr. Pepper's for. <laughs> well thank you so much for having me and 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 uh giving me this space to talk about all of my feelings yeah yeah we, we've we've wanted to get you on the show for a good little while so i'm glad we were finally able to make this happen yeah for sure if people wanted to find uh, more kendra wells content on the internet where could they do that they can do that i have a very long and stupid uh handle on every single social media site and i apologize in advance um it's ken it's all one word kendra W can draw. Yeah. Can can draw, can draw. That's so good though. That's so that's so good. <laughs> I thought it was funny when I made it and then everyone's like, is your name Kendra Ravenclaw? I'm like, no. Um yeah, I'm I'm Kendra W Kendra on Twitter, on Instagram. Um that's also my website. It's not my email. Don't email me from that. Also just don't um, email strangers. Don't email I mean, unless you have something really nice to say to me. Um, or if you want to Venmo me, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm also, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kendra W. Kendra. Uh, you can, uh, follow along for the low, low price of $1 or more a month. You can get behind the scenes content on my progress on real hero shit as I do it. There you go. That book's going to be so good. Also, please buy Tell No Tales, Pirates of the Southern Seas. It's out February 8th, 2021, I believe. And Real Hero Shit will be out sometime in 2022. Woo! Well, I can say that this this episode, if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, uh, Kendra's book uh, the will be out in two weeks for the uh, <gasps> pirate book. The pirate book will be out in two weeks. Uh, January 25th. <gasps> that's four days after my 30th birthday yay, happy birthday oh yeah oh yeah sorry really quick speaking of which i am uh, accidentally oopsidentally um am getting a giant dragon age tattoo like a week before my birthday excellent hell yes so that it's it's real it's <laughs> if anyone wants to doubt my commitment to the bit it's extremely fucking real. no one ever uh, doubts commitments to the bit on this show <laughs> no 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 uh and so speaking of committing to the bit uh, you can find me across the internet at Hell Yes Brandon on all of the all of the social. Um, I've got uh, my band Inkblot has some. Uh, we've got our demo on YouTube and SoundCloud. We've got some uh, fun live sets on YouTube, including the one where I play uh, the Jellicle Ball theme seven times over the course <laughs> of a, a forty-five minute set, um, including in three different guitar solos. Um, and uh, I was there for that show. I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, my EP hat and a hat should be dropping sometime in the next little bit of time here. If it hasn't already, who knows? We'll see. I I'm pretty sure it hasn't already, but I want to try to get it out by like my birthday or February. Okay, well, this is after your birthday, so but I want to try to get it out by February. <laughs> Just manifest it. Oh yeah, I tried that two episodes ago by just saying it was done. Yeah, it didn't it's, work. It's wife tricks. It's mostly written. I just need to uh, fix some production things that I'm dragging my heels on. Um, 
but I do want to I do want to share it with everybody. I'm very I'm very proud of these uh, five or six weird little songs. Um, and uh, Happy Seppy Grown Up Hour is on uh, well it was on Twitch and now it's going to be on YouTube or Facebook or something. Uh, every month, uh, we'll we'll let y'all know once we have a little more information on what the next sort of iteration of that is going to be because we were apparently too body to be on Twitch. Too horny for Twitch, which is which is a good theme for this show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um and I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's all of all of my uh my nonsense all right yeah uh you can follow me everywhere at at b scores with an underscore at the end b-e-s-c-o-r-e-s underscore but the easiest way to find me is to follow the show uh you can find us on twitter at at intuit pod and uh, you can follow us on instagram by following the hashtag intuit pod um we're also on facebook if you get any mileage out of that um we have also recently launched a patreon that uh we're kind of slowly building but uh you can check out more information on that i'm gonna have it in the links of our bios and in our link tree also this week is our week that we are going to be doing our live show on twitch as we are currently recording it we haven't scheduled who that's going to be yet so i'm sure that i there is a tag either at the top or the bottom of this show giving you more information about that but this thursday january 28th 8 p.m uh on pack on twitch.tv slash pack theater uh we have sorted out our tech issues we will actually be there this month um and thank you to everybody who hung in there with us last month when we did our diehard show and uh had the wrong stream key oops <laughs> oops whoops uh, thank you as always to Kalen west and tiny stills for the use of our theme song starting over is a lot like giving up off the album falling is like flying and that is all i've got Kendra Wells, uh, thank you so much for Fusro dying the show with us today. Wrong game. Still the wrong Still game. Still the wrong game. You know, I- I'm going to pretend you said long game, as in that was a <laughs> that was a long game bit. Uh, <laughs> One might uh, say that these dragons have been aged. They have been aged. <laughs> the dragon's age was the friendship we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That All that being said... Podcast Foos Road Daver. Boo! Foos Road. I'm making the cut off off of the neck noise. Yeah. Motion Ah. on things. You're just gonna like Assassin's Creed double blade me. (laughs) I'm gonna fear in your house and kill you. I'm sorry. Thanks for having me on the podcast. (laughs) It's okay. I understand. As long as you have a mask on, that's fine.